Hey, I'm Alan McGuire. And I'm not Sarah Griffin, I'm Cassie Delaney. Sarah has tonsillitis, unfortunately, so she had to cancel today, but Cassie has very kindly agreed to step in. I've been waiting in the wings for the very day. <laughs> <laughs> Just like uh, young Neil in Scott Pilgrim, he already has the base ready yeah, yeah. to step I'm in. Like, yeah. Oh, oh, you, you guys want me? I'm totally fine. Absolutely, <laughs> I will step in, not a bother. Yeah. Uh, and today we have a returning guest. It's very exciting. Yes. You know her from our live episode and from Ham Sandwich, probably from Ham Sandwich more than our live episode, <laughs> I would say. It's Neve Farrell. Hello. Welcome back. So Thank we were you. talking on Twitter like a year ago. Yeah. And we started talking about Empire Records. And we're like, yeah. oh, you should come back and do Empire Records. And then we could not find a date that we're no. all free on no. until now. <laughs> until now. In October 2019. Yes. So yeah, we're going to talk about Empire Records. We are. Tell people what Empire Records is, because if you're like Cassie and I've never heard of it till this morning. I, when Alan said it to me yesterday, I was like, that's either a magazine, an actual label. It didn't You'd cross You never my heard mind. of it at all. Never heard of it. And it's got such a good wow. cast. Yeah, the cast are huge. Like, yeah. Um, it's a movie, 90s movie. Uh, that's basically the whole premise of it is that there's a record store uh, and they are being bought over by this music town kind of big, you know, company. And um, the is it is it Lucas? Yeah, it's yeah. Lucas. Um, he basically takes all the takings from the day and goes to. Uh, put them on a bet to try and like double his money to try and raise money to save the save Empire Records and he loses it all um, so the movie kind of continues on from them it's also um, Rex Manning Day which is uh, how do I describe Rex Manning um, it's kind of cheesy pop star guy uh, so he's visiting the store to like sign autographs and stuff and it's just about the kind of what happens throughout that whole day Um and then, you know, kind of everything comes right in the end. They have a big concert. They raise the money. They tell the guy from Music Town to, or the other the other partner to go fuck himself politely. Essentially. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and it's kind of just about their relationships towards one another. There's like, these characters are going through certain things in their lives. Um, and it's about their relationships and them just working in Empire Records. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite um, 12 Angry Men-esque in that it's all set in the one place yes. in mm-hmm. the course of one day. I yeah. saw it described as the breakfast club for Gen X. Yeah. Which it kind of is. It's, yeah, it's like a day in the life yeah. thing. Um, yeah. Apparently it, it flopped completely when it came completely out. Completely flopped. Like totally yeah. flopped. Yeah. There was 280 films coming out that year. It was the 235th highest really? grossing. Wow. Yeah. That probably it did nothing. I hadn't heard of it. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. They apparently did the test screenings and... Um, when they tested with non-white audiences, they hated it because no everyone is white and Absolutely. middle class. So yeah. they just they yeah. pulled it out of most of the theaters. And yeah, made... one of one of the main characters kind of, I suppose there there are like pivotal moments in their lives where mm. they're about to embark on big changes. You kind of feel like they're at the end of their school life and about yeah. to go into something else. And one of her issues is that she's not her issue, but. She's going off to Harvard and another character yeah. is mm. yeah. like, well, I tell her I love her or not. Harvard <laughs> yeah. is a different universe. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, also Gen X people hated it. Yeah. Because they felt like it was like pandering to them and didn't really go deep enough into it. And it's because like millennials like us are actually yeah. people who made it yeah. a success. Absolutely. Because I think it's kind of, if you were like, I was 10, 11 when it came out. Yeah. But 
it's kind of what a young teen imagine, imagines being an older teenager is like. Yes. But not what it actually is like at all. So Absolutely. anybody who's been past that age knows it's all bullshit and just total fantasy. Yeah. But you can totally project onto it and like Completely. Yeah, very yeah. aspirational if yeah. you're younger. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a couple of really good looking best friends working in a music shop Absolutely. together. Yeah. 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 I was late to it now. I was I think it was I would have been maybe 17 when I saw it um, first and yeah it just it just I I was kind of definitely a teenage girl who lived inside of my head and lived inside of the movies that I watched Mm -hmm. and really sort of almost took them on as like a personality for a while do you know what I mean and Empire Records was a was one of those movies for me it was just huge well like when I watched it it was you know I want to work in this record shop yeah and I want to be Liv Tyler. And yeah. <laughs> I want to wear little skirts and tiny jumpers. Yeah, like, and of, of the kind of, so you've got a real mix of, I suppose, genres of music represented in the characters. So you've got this yeah. mad kind of metalish, grungy guy who wants to start a band. You have, the, you know, Lucas, the kind of the, I suppose, the catalyst for the whole issue that they're yeah. in. Very odd kind of really, really odd guy, yeah. Black Polish shirt, and yeah, really, Polonic, yeah. really wise, really, yeah. I suppose, um, just not not affected by the the drama and everything that's yeah. going on around him. Just like very stoically focused on saving the music store so that everyone can be happy. Yeah, um, Liv Tyler who's going off to Harvard, and then Renee Zellweger who just seems to be a little kind of very. Uh, provocative character but yeah. like, you, there is no explanation as to how they all came to work in a music shop or any sort of indication that the, especially the the two female two of the female characters that they have any interest in music whatsoever at all yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. if Tyler loves uh, Rex Manning for example so I doubt her character is meant to have any particular mm. discernible yeah. taste in music <laughs> but if you were watching it I suppose it's hard to in- figure out who the audience was intended yeah um, or who it was intended for because yeah if you're watching it as a 10 12 year old you would definitely think oh i want to work in a music shop when mm-hmm. i grow up it is that kind of projection of what cool teenage years could be even though there's a suggestion that maybe the male leads aren't cool even though they're gorgeous they're handsome yeah. guys yeah it's like they're the kind of socially outcast guys they're working in this yeah. music shop the two girls seem to be very popular again just no explanation no. as to why they're <laughs> thrown together. No. no background stories whatsoever. But yeah, it is like kind of, if I'm a teenager, that's where I want to be. Yeah, uh, 100%. I Like, that was my, when I watched the movie, it was like, this is what I want to do. I want to work in a music shop and hang around with all these different kinds of people from different walks of life and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, really, and the, the kind of whole romantic element of it as well. Like I was kind of, mad into you know that whole romance of like you know two best friends and one of them's in love with the other one and stuff like that so I was very dramatic when I was younger you know what I mean Mm. so it was like that really appealed to me that whole kind of like I need to tell her by 137 that I love her and stuff and like all the little speeches and stuff that they do and like when I rewatched it there it was it was mad because I was as I was watching, I was like, I used to know this, nearly this whole film off by heart. Mm. Like, I used to just quote it in my daily life, like having yeah. conversations with people. Do you know I'd say those quotes were just lost. Oh, just lost on people. Like, But I was obsessed. I was really, really obsessed with with, with the movie. So it was, very stra- it was very strange actually watching it back. It was like, 
opening up my chest and having a little peek yeah. back mm. at who I who I was back when I watched it. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. really strange. I suppose if you're bringing a lot of your own um, feelings to mm. it, then it becomes a much deeper film. But yeah. like watching it this morning for the first time, it was so like it's very very surface level yeah big but, time yeah but I can see why as a teenager I would have been so like I would have been in love with AJ <laughs> yeah. I would have been like this guy oh my God, he's yeah. deep he's an artist he's in love like he is traumatised he's like yeah. exactly halfway between Kurt Cobain and Jonathan Taylor Thomas yeah he has yeah. the perfect mix of both for a 90s yeah. kid they just yeah. all love this great music because there's a there's a fantastic soundtrack that goes along yeah. with the yeah. film it's almost one of those films that is made to facilitate this kind of music and this yeah. soundtrack it's, I'd say the music informed a lot of the oh it was the main selling point even on the yeah. poster didn't have didn't have star ratings it just had this has a great soundtrack was yeah. the, the quotes on the posters yeah um, the writer actually worked in a record shop as well oh so really it was like a lot of it was based around stuff that so had happened to her yeah yeah or she was a female writer actually and okay. um, the soundtrack when uh, I remember having that on CD on my CD Walkman and I listened to that religiously yeah. like it was, it was such a good soundtrack I mean there's the cranberries were on it like there was loads of kind of really weird indie stuff on it as well like drill and stuff like that but I loved the soundtrack yeah yeah, yeah. that Jim Blossom yeah. song that they just use over and Till over again yeah. yeah it's great yeah, yeah. and then yeah. the like the song at the end it used to really annoy me because at the end of the movie um, they get up and it's Coyote Shivers I think is the band's name um, and Renee Zellweger gets up and sings but that wasn't on the soundtrack it was only oh, in the movie no. and that used to really annoy me because <laughs> it <laughs> is like, like it's the music different version yeah. Yeah. it's yeah. very um, 10 Things I Hate About You with uh, yeah. the performance oh, yeah. on yeah. the roof at the yeah. end it's, yeah. it's just the whole movie's been leading up to this fantastic kind of performance in 10 Things I Hate About You it's entirely disconnected to the rest of the film yeah. it's yeah. just a great performance <laughs> yeah. whereas in this it's like the whole thing is building they fit an awful lot of things into that for one a 90 day. minute film it yeah. has like eight different films going on in it. But it's mad because it's like yeah. what what watching it back, I I totally didn't realize that the actual you know the from from where they decide to kind of from where he goes on the news and he in you know and he's like come to Empire Records we're having a concert that whole end segment happens really quickly yeah, yeah. <laughs> like really stupidly quickly <laughs> no they have they have <sighs> continued throughout the film I suppose try to extend the day by every time someone answers the phone it's Empire Records open till midnight <laughs> yeah. it's like just so you guys know yeah. we're <laughs> open there's a long yeah. day here <laughs> but yeah, yeah, they basically right. forget that they need to do that part of it until the very very end of the film well I don't yeah. think it's yeah. any resolution there's a lot of like watching it now and especially um I suppose having having my own business as well and watching how much uh, the main guy, the, what's the manager's name? Joe. 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 How much he should be sweating. Throughout the entire <laughs> film. And he's like, playing like, his drums. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, point. Joe, you're down nine grand. There's someone <laughs> knocking on the door. You've just given him an envelope full of paper to go off to the bank. You are yeah. going to get bruised. Like, you need to be more anxious. But also though. they're putting in nine grand a day in a record shop. It's yeah. pretty good, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like you're getting, yeah. You know, but I think there was a suggestion that Joe had been saving the money to make an offer. Yeah, to against, buy the yeah. shop from the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because yeah. they don't. Yeah. They're all just hanging out in the back room. Nobody's making sales. No, like 
no. But I mean, Joe's no. office, Joe's a total, like, that's a total, like, um, tech bro startup office now. Like, where's a jukebox and his drum kit? Yeah. And stuff. It's like, all right, Joe. And everyone's yeah. just and sitting his, around waiting his for his white shirt. And his <laughs> yeah, like, Renee Zellweger <laughs> has an affair halfway through the day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just very casual. I do like how he goes, if I haven't fired anybody yet today, I'm not going to fire you for having sex with Rex Yeah, yeah. Like, it's yeah. fair enough. Yeah. 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 And it was because I was watching it as well with, um, with my housemate and my girlfriend and they were watching it um, and my housemate is Portuguese and she was like there is so much wrong with this film she was you know saying yeah. that why because there's obviously there's a little um, pickpocketer not pickpocketer little guy who Warren shoplifter Warren, Warren yeah. the shoplifter and they called the police on him but yeah. like, <laughs> Lucas, Lucas has robbed nine grand and he's still there he's sitting right yeah, there yeah. on the yeah. couch he's like. gone off to Atlantic City gambled it I'm pretty yeah. sure he's a minor and yeah. uh, you know it's <laughs> calling the police on Lucas yeah it is yeah this, there is a lot quite a lot wrong with the film they cut out a lot because yeah. the director had final cut removed from him and I think it originally like, took place over two days and stuff like that and there's a load okay. like loads of stuff that makes no sense in it and uh, just I love the film and yeah. anything I say is out of love. Yeah. But lots of it makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. Because they've cut out like the first bit of a scene. Like, you know, there's a bit where um, they've tied her hands back, Renée Zellweger, her red bra. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a scene where Renée Zellweger gives her that because that's a sex bra. Yeah. But it was completely cut out. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You're just like, oh, okay, you're really piecing together a lot of, yeah. A yeah. Lot of the... Um, yeah. Also, that was, was that a thing? Because I remember we had like... Uh, when we started having female friends when we were teenagers they were like if a girl wears a black bra that means she wants to have sex that's it was that a, a teenage in, girl thing yeah well, it's in, well it, I don't think like people would have actively done it it was more it was of the, a like the, a, the, the law yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, a, there's a scene in um, in 10 Things I Hate About You where who is it is it she's in with Joseph Gordon-Levitt the younger the younger sister oh, oh yes yeah and she's yeah. in Julia Stiles bedroom and they find black panties and she's like you know what that means that means she wants to have sex mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think a lot of it comes yeah. from that yeah. black panties or a red bra yeah. yeah which also explains why Liv Tyler's underwear is mismatched when she actually takes off her clothes for Rex Manning yeah, yeah. she just has like this like red lingerie bra and just like regular white panties yeah yeah which is a really it's that's a really creepy scene oh so like when you yeah. watch it back it's like whoa like yeah. it, like that's really unsettling mm-hmm. like she's a young girl you know kind of and this guy is an absolute dickhead like and it's just yeah it's quite and then it's like you have that big kind of thing of her being addicted to speed yeah mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> Whoa, this is really deep. That's it. We were just saying that, right? There is so much stuff. So you, the, the themes are so deep. You've got shoplifting. You've got yeah. general robbery. You've mm-hmm. got potential bankruptcy. You've got yeah. addiction. You've got yeah. suicide. Yes. You've got this underage affair that yes. happens all in the one day. And they're just kind of touched upon very lightly. Very lightly. Can I we talk about peaked the, at. Can we talk yeah. about the funeral scene? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. It is absolutely buck wild. Yeah. When you realize what they're doing, I completely forgot that happened in it. And I just literally like I have an all caps note here that this is absolutely buck wild. Yeah. It's, it's so for for people who haven't seen the film, um Deb, yeah, Deb yeah. is one of the characters who comes in that morning and shaves her head in the office. Which is a great scene. Oh, amazing I love scene. That scene. Which she yeah. did for real. I love that scene. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, which yeah. is Robin Tunney from The Craft. 
relief. Oh, my yeah. God. Um, and she also, she has her wrist bandage up because she turned out she tried to commit suicide the night before yes. because Burko had broken up with her, which is the only thing. Bur- the only thing Burko actually does in the film is off screen. <laughs> he sits around. <laughs> yeah. He sits around playing guitar besides yeah. that until the final performance. Until, until the final performance. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, Liv Tyler, Corey decides to hold a fake funeral for Deb to show her how much he'd be missed. Mm-hmm. And then they all just start talking about themselves instead while she's still lying <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, so whatever, <laughs> whatever these inspiration behind the fake funeral was, obviously yeah. to try and... Um, to try and convince her that suicide is not the answer. They all just start talking about themselves, which mm. I would imagine made the whole situation a hell of a lot worse. Yeah, but yeah, you just, you don't revisit again. They're so no. they're all so self obsessed, and yeah. you know, and in that scene, you're like, oh yeah, yes, they all are very self obsessed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think we actually see Corey and AJ have a scene together until he tells her he loves her. I know it's like they they <laughs> must have this whole relationship <laughs> yeah. thing. It's like they had like a whole to make him feel yeah. that he you know can do that. They must have like a whole like film written and then decide to keep all the flavor text and <laughs> take out all the actual teams yeah, and subtext yeah. and actual plot. Yeah. It's like what if we just extended the final scene for an hour and a half and <laughs> just covered that but tried to fit in everything. What it feels like I was saying this to you downstairs was um it feels like the, the last two episodes of something a season long. Yeah. Where they assume you know who everybody is already yes. and all the relationships but you don't. But it, I love it still. It's just yeah. no. Yeah. I, I, yeah. That's the thing. Like it's, it's so flawed. But I absolutely yeah. loved it. You kind of feel yeah. like Warren the whole time. Like why? Who? Why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> why are you? Yeah, yeah. And now you work in a record on? store. Yeah, so it's that's a great fun. scene actually. When yeah. he comes in with the gun, and he's like, "So you're gonna give me a job?" <laughs> it's, it's just so perfect. So if anyone hasn't seen the film, they're listening. It's like, okay, he comes in with the gun. Is that before or after the funeral? Is that, <laughs> is that before or after this? This rock star. It's all just happening at the same time. Yeah. There's also those those listening booths. And the, mm-hmm. at one point, there seems to be two people having sex in one of these listening booths, and like another woman crying and stuff like that. It's just so many bizarre little things. Yeah. And the yeah. scene where he, um, what's his name, Mark, eats the uh, weed brownies, and he sees himself in a gore video, and. Uh, yeah, just bizarre stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Just really bizarre stuff. We should talk about Mark because Mark is like the breakout kind of star. I love Mark. He's yeah. just an unreal level of energy. Yeah, he brings to that role. It's yeah. incredible. If for, if anybody has probably if you haven't seen it, the only bit you're actually familiar with is a gif of someone screaming as Rex Manning Day. That's Mark. Yeah, direct, directly into the camera. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he has a few moments to camera, doesn't he? Like I think so. Yeah. A there's a lot. Yeah. Do, yeah. Yeah. There's. What do they call that? Breaking the fourth, fourth wall, wall or yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah he's, just he's great. He's he's a really, really good character. I love. Yeah, he just seems to kind of flit in and out of everybody. Everybody's like little scenarios. Mm. Um, yeah. And he's there and he does purely it so well, to have like, someone working behind the till while yeah. everyone else <laughs> is going through their shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. And they won't even let him play his music. Yeah. Like. yeah. And you kind of think at the start, maybe he's like this kind of annoying, performative, kind of zany guy. But then you see him on his own outside humping a poster of Gloria <laughs> Estefan. You're like, no, he's just doing this for himself. Yeah. This is just how he is. Yeah. 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 He's great. He went on Ethan Embry was his name mm. yeah yeah um and uh he went on to be in another one of my favorite movies can't hardly wait which i oh. love mm. i haven't seen can't hardly it was in yeah. the, it was another 90s straight to dvd movie with jennifer love hewitt ethan embry seth green um this kind of jock guy that was in loads of stuff and it's like a end of school 
American party mm. like this guy has to tell the popular girl that he loves her mm. and all this that that old trope but uh, he's fantastic in that film as yeah. well he's really like he's really good he's actor, like a, he's I think. like a jacked guy with a beard now and he's like, really? he's like a character actor he's in um uh, Grace and Frankie yeah he's the no son in that yeah, yeah. yeah but you can see a lot of his um because he's quite in Grace and Frankie he has kind of a very similar energy where he's a bit hyper or something all yeah. the time mm. but you can see his facial re- expressions like I recognized him more from his movements and his oh, wow. mm. in his um, behaviors than his actual face. I think he said yeah. he had re- uh, ADD in real life, oh, and yeah. he kind of channels that into Mark, especially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, he's uh, a fantastic character. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who else is there? Have we mentioned everybody? Um, we talked about AJ, didn't we? Yeah, we did. I actually didn't care about AJ at all. I just, he, he was see, a, I he was a, a teenager. Bl- well, now, yeah, now he's just a, a blank to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He does glue those. He has a scene where he's just gluing quarters to. Yeah, the carpet for it's his art. Yeah. No, it's his art. His art. Yeah. Um, I suppose Renee Zellweger's character deserves a bit of a proper mention because she yeah. is, she kind of shames Liv Tyler for being a little bit prudish and thinking that she's better than everybody else. Goes on then to have her little rendezvous with Rex Manning yes. and then comes and exposes this <laughs> Liv Tyler's <laughs> yeah. addiction. addiction. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Which is not to be snubbed at either like that's a really big kind of uh, yeah. plot that they've just been like oh you have speed you're addicted to speed and they're like oh my god everyone has flaws like yeah yeah even it's this am- perfect girl. it's amazing like, that they handle that scene with less subtlety than say but a bell did let's say but a bell did a, a more nuanced version of it like a high achiever being addicted to speed yeah and the emperor just has like one scene of her taking it and one scene of being confronted with it and that's <laughs> it you don't see her actually like respond to speed in no, any way. No, <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. There's no like, oh, she was on speed the whole time. That explains so much. Yeah, so, you yeah. know, she's been lifted the whole time. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is all just some sort of like weird high that she's having. Yeah. But no, yeah. this is their day-to-day life. I like uh, Renee Zellweger's character. I like her sort of um, relationship with Deb as well because it's kind of like they both kind of hate each other but they still respect each other. Do you know that kind mm-hmm. of way? And there's a great uh, interaction at the till. And Ren is over. I was like, um, what does she say? Like Sinead Rebellion or something because she <laughs> shaved off all her hair. Yeah, yeah. And it's just this. I love their little kind of the banter that they have between them. Yeah. Oh, I when they're reading the really contracts sweet. from Music Town. Yeah. And they're both at the till together and like, what this? Yeah, and like, it's one really One of them sweet. starts to sass the other one and the other one's like, let's just rip these up and shut up. And they just rip up the yeah. things together. Yeah. It's yeah. nice. Yeah. 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 Uh, those badges that Debs make that say like stupid and yeah. records, you can buy, they're on Etsy. You can buy sets no of way. all of Debs badges. No way. That's very tempted to get some. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I'd love to get some of them. Um, oh, I have a question. Right. So Mark wants to start a band. Yeah. And Lucas says to him, the first thing you need is a name and that tells you the kind of band you're going to get. Yeah. You're in a band called Ham Sandwich. Yeah. So what happened? Like, um, what came first? The band, I think we did a gig in the Voodoo Lounge and we had no name. Mm-hmm. So we were kind of like, what are we going to do? So we were like, just put the famous five on it. So that's what we did. And we were kind of, I think we kind of thought like they will actually put any old chai on a poster. You know what I mean? Yeah. We kind of were like, you know kind of a little bit cheeky um and i remember we sat yeah we sat in a in a rehearsal room around the corner here across the road from whelan's and we just sat down and we went through like i 
think I got I can't even remember how many names but a lot of names like just just coming up with like the stupidest stuff um, and uh, ham sandwich came up and everybody kind of laughed and it was like oh, that's kind of cool like yeah. that's kind of like it's just two words you know what I mean mm-hmm. but um, we kept going back to that then yeah you know and it's and it just stuck because we were like this is it was like this is the best we have and also it's a name that people are gonna remember mm-hmm. you know we got a lot of shit for it for the first few oh, years yeah. oh yeah big time like we you know people just being like you need to change your name and you're like a joke band and stuff like that and then we were like and it, the first while when we done gigs like we were messers you know yeah. what I mean we were mm. full on messers like there was one gig in the Voodoo Lounge where Podge uh, wrapped his, his whole body in toilet paper and walked up to the stage like a mummy um, with just toilet paper all over him. Um, so we were kind of like, we liked having a laugh and a yeah. bit of a joke mm. with, with stuff. And uh, yeah, we got a lot of stick and we got a lot of like journalists writing about us and people saying in interviews like, would you not think about changing your name mm. and stuff like that? But we stuck with it. And then I think it was when we when we released our second album, we started getting the people who were saying to change your name coming up and going, oh, it's actually really glad you didn't change your name because yeah. like mm. use our ham sandwich. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, yeah, so we just stuck with it. And now it's kind of like it's a non-issue, really. Mm. Nobody really yeah. kind of ever gives us shit for it anymore. Yeah. You know, do you think Lucas is wrong? So that the yeah. name because I think once yeah. you, a band's name becomes whatever the band is yeah. like Oasis yeah, doesn't mean absolutely. If, if you were naming Oasis you wouldn't go oh well obviously they're like a, a, a wonderful <laughs> bit of water in a desert yeah. that's what that band are like yeah. you know yeah. it just be, it's, yeah. the name yeah. becomes the band absolutely so, yeah. yeah and we like and that's, that's and that's exactly it like we are now ham sandwich like mm. uh, there's you know if we were to change our name now or even a couple of years ago like you'd have to do so much work to be like so and so band formerly known as yeah, Ham Sandwich yeah. Yeah. and all that kind of crap like you and you still be I mean? like I prefer we were called Ham Sandwich yeah, <laughs> yeah. like yeah. it's just at the end of the day like it's just two words put mm. together like there's so much more stupider names out there you know what I mean but it depends on how the band is perceived it depends on your music it depends on so many things on how your name is going to be taken as well you know what I mean? So it's kind of like we just really worked hard at, you know, kind of digging our heels in, I think, and being like, no, you know, mm. we are called Ham Sandwich and that's that's it. You're just going to have to deal with it. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and it's quite a neutral tone to it as well. Like, I yeah. don't think it's particularly comic. Like, yeah, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it suggests that you're a messer of a band. Like, yeah, it's kind of I, I always thought of it as just part of the Irish like ham sandwiches at the beach kind of thing yeah you know that it's yeah. just very very traditional kind of yeah yeah part of our everyday lives yeah that's mm. true actually I never thought of that your hang sandwiches and the hang sandwich yeah so did you grow up then watching loads of like Empire Records-esque films where mm-hmm. music was the kind of the focal point of the film yeah I definitely would have been really big into my soundtracks mm. uh, uh, you know what I mean would have been like Empire Records Romeo and Juliet um, Can't Hardly Wait the soundtrack from American Pie the soundtrack from Scream like yeah. I loved all like soundtracks 
Love them. Those like so last was, five years between like 95 before Napster are like the, yeah. the peak of like soundtrack albums. Yeah. I think. And it's all those teen movies, like all of those ones. All of yeah, those. Yeah. Like they had, you know, such solid sound and a lot of, a lot of bands that I still love today I discovered from these soundtracks. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, yeah. So it was, yeah, it was a big, it was a big thing. The, the music and the movie together yeah it was yeah. definitely a huge thing for me like, yeah, yeah i think for a lot of people that was i suppose the the vehicle to s- discover new music like mm. so many people my age now would have gotten their music taste informed by the oc soundtrack or yeah. one tree hill because they were great bit kind of lighter pop soft rock kind of folk yeah. music mm. stuff but they had great soundtracks and before the spotify discover playlists or YouTube that that's was it. That's that was your you, place like yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely that was your place to to find new stuff and um you know and you just listen to the these on repeat and then you know when you could when you could then you'd maybe go get an album of one of the bands on it and yeah. test it out and see what what you thought like you know what I mean but it was it was a very organic way of discovering music and I was very much like you know, I was a very dramatic teenager. So you kind of, it's also got this element of like, you know, sitting on a bus, listening to the soundtrack, pretending you're in the, yeah. the fucking movie. Like, do you know that yeah, kind of yeah. way? It like lends itself <laughs> really well my, to that yeah. being inside your own head. I suppose, yeah. yeah, when there's a day in, like in Empire Records, the day is so filled with excitement mm. that if you're, you know, if you're just going about your day-to-day school life in Ireland, it's hard to not want to be part of that ensemble cast or these best friends yeah. who are, Okay, haphazardly thrown together, but yeah. you still want to be a part of them. Yeah, especially a, like a space like Empire Records, because I don't, I don't know about Dublin necessarily, but definitely in Waterford, none of the like music shops look anything like Empire Records. No, I don't think. Yeah. No, I've never been inside. Well, although there was a music shop that used to be in Rat Mines at the end of the road where Boots is now, um, and I. That was a big, I remember that being a big used mu- music shop. Now, I cannot for the life of me mem- remember what it was called. Um, but I remember going to see Bic Runga do an acoustic oh, yeah. thing in there. And she was another one uh, I, I discovered off the American Pie soundtrack. She had mm. that big song Sway at the end of that, yeah. where they're all losing their virginity to one another or whatever. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, and that was, I remember going into that music shop a lot when, mm. when I lived here when I was like 19, 20 and stuff because yeah, it was it was like it was a little bit like Empire Records. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I like that. I suppose it's it, even if there weren't um music shops here that were like that, it's the way you imagine a music shop would be. Mm. It's like yeah. the central perk of music shops in yeah. Empire yeah. Records. Like there's yeah. loads of floor space. It's a massive store. A lot of wasted floor space. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean if we're talking about the business in Empire Records, it is no, like it's no wonder this. What was it? But they tower. I'm going to say Tower Records, but it's Music not. Town. Music Town. Yeah. Want to take over? And make them wear yeah. aprons for some reason. Make them wear weird aprons yeah. and jack up the prices of the music. So obviously, mm-hmm. yeah. You know the idea is that Empire Records is this independent, serves the people, low cost kind of um, kind of music store. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the shop it was completely built um, as a set from the ground up. That's not an existing building at all. Every part of it is built. Wow. Yeah. 
even the roof and stuff and the side that's all yeah all the yeah because yeah. i mean there's no music shop in the world that would have had Not even a, building yeah. a, huge, a giant a neon sign on the roof and uh and like which DJ is up fixing at one point yeah, yeah. yeah. a couple of times electrician as well i am electrics on the roof yeah, yeah. The no where, safety gear <laughs> whatsoever the place where they go to reflect yeah um <laughs> Yeah, and the the kind of is the the office is like up a stairs. It's definitely got that like bird's nest kind of view yeah. of the music yeah. store. And then also three other smaller offices. One office is just for counting the money and has a photocopier. Yeah. Yeah. They call it the count office at one point. The affair office. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The affair <laughs> office. Yeah. 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 And there's the character as well of um the woman that's with Rex Manning. Jane. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and she just kind of flits in and out and asks like you don't really see the like you see a little bit of a spark between her and Joe but you don't really see anything developing and then it's like hey let's go out and it's mm. like yeah, yeah. Well, you know it's really it's not even clear who she works for because she tells no, Joe she, she quits yeah. I'm like wait <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. Yeah. she works she seems to work for Rex Manning and when she meets these young vibrant children <laughs> teenagers she's kind of realizes that Rex has passed it and potentially not that nice a guy and yeah. she decides to quit and pursue other yeah. things but I can't did you imagine not, did, you, did you not know did she not know this already yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's around this guy who's wearing a purple satin shirt yeah, yeah. all the time the very tan face <laughs> yeah you want to know what's scary when they showed the first Rex Manning video when I was watching it last night I was like I remember him looking older than that and I went oh no I'm old yeah. I looked it up. I'm the age that he was when they filmed it. No way. It's yeah. It's very scary. He was only he was only 35. What? Yeah. Really. It must have been a good makeup job. Yeah. Also, he was the lead in Greece too. Oh no way. Yeah. Um. There is oh a suggestion God. that he's much that he's a good bit older in the mm. film. I think so. Yeah. Which makes Hopefully. it even more creepy. Yeah. Mm. It makes it really unsettling. It's one of those funny films as well. I was watching it. I was like, doesn't matter what age Renee Zellweger was, she always looks 35, but she's actually <laughs> yeah. 26 when they're shooting it. Yeah. <gasps> she looks, um, yeah, it was mad, because I, uh, I completely, it's completely slipped my mind that it was Renee Zellweger. Do you know that kind yeah, of way? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of, when I was watching it again, something that popped out to me was that my personality it's probably an amalgamation of the three girls in that yeah, movie. Yeah, Do you yeah. know what I mean? The like, the rebellious kind of shaving your head, Deb, and then Renee's a little bit kind of you know, little bit wild and yeah. provocative, and then the slave Tyler who's like wants to be like that but is is not that person yeah. do you know what I mean but the, they're all very like um, polarised characters yeah you know they're just time. they're quite two dimensional we've got the artist we've got the musician yeah. who's just full of energy we've got that wise child who wants <laughs> to save the day and then a like strange haircut yeah and then these kind of two dimensional women who are all pals together yeah mm. yeah it's it's yeah when you like It'd be interesting to see, you know, kind of the them do a prequel or something like how the how the fuck yeah. do these people all know each other? Or I'd like to Please see tell us. I'd like to see a Joker esque take on it now because it's so it's really dark in places. It's really dark, yeah. <coughs> or like the twenty years later that they're they're all in therapy. 
Oh, I don't think they exist yeah. outside of the film. I think they all no. disappeared into a wisp of smoke once they landed <laughs> on top of the roof. No, you can't because you can't possibly allow yourself to think what would have happened when they left that record store. Because yeah. if Tyler's gone off to Harvard, definitely going to go date some polo guy. Yeah. You know, AJ has gone off to study art, but probably struggles, I'd imagine. Yeah. His art was quite good, though. The, remember His you were selling him at the good. end, his yeah. Alice in Chains album and stuff? They were yeah. pretty good. Oh, yeah. And he can do a bit of electrician stuff on the side so and he can True. do quarters to the yeah, ground exactly he's <laughs> all around talented man yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then Mark's band I don't know if we'd have yeah yeah I if mean Mark probably had trouble yeah Um. the the pizza guy who may or may pizza not work guy. there yeah he had like a little, there was three major characters cut entirely from the film at some point and I think he got he had like his own shop within a shop at one point the vinyl stuff upstairs vinyl, was, was his yeah. shop okay. in the shop yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, he also got arrested when they were filming it really uh, yep they for him and Mark were hanging out at a Walmart and they were like on the kids like naughty yeah. thing and the police came along and they got arrested for loitering no way yeah that guy like, that would have made a good film yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which seems in character. They all lived together like in like a load of duplexes for like a month beforehand or something like that down in North Carolina rehearsing and no way. They, so they actually they had like developed all the characters by being friends together. Yeah. So that's why I think it does work. There is actually quite a good friendly chemistry between there them all. Is even though, yeah. even though much them, yeah. of it isn't in the script but they are yeah. they do all seem like to get along quite well. They mm. definitely do. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like you know it's kind of it's nice to see that in a movie that's not like you're you know, you're, you're kind of dreading watching these kind of movies back on, oh, this is going to be terrible. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, some of it is maybe <laughs> terrible. But um, they're all fantastic actors. Yeah. Mm. I think. Do you know what I mean? And they do all, like, you know, do v- very well and the characters interact very well and stuff like that. It just ha- all happens so quickly. You yeah. know? Yeah. It hasn't aged that badly, I don't think. Because even... There are scenes where they deal with things quite well. Like there is um, when they see that Deb has shaved her head and has her ban- her her wrists bandaged. Mm. AJ steps in and really tries to speak to her. And, you mm. know, it's like, this isn't OK. And there's not that kind of well, in the funeral scene, there is that kind of flippancy towards mental health or how serious yeah. the issue is. But before that, I do think they deal with it well enough. Mm. I think there was one um there was one potential homophobic joke where uh, Jane is saying that Rex Manning's new record tested well amongst um, yes. young yes. men. And then yeah. Lucas is like, has it tested well against the instances of homosexuality in young men? It's like, oh, ha ha, they must be gay. Yeah. But like, yeah. that's the only thing that was a bit like... There's, oh, there's also a bit where Lucas um, tells Warren to stop listening to such aggressive music as rap and metal. Oh, yeah. It's oh, like, yeah. Yeah. all right, yeah. Lucas. Yeah. 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 yeah, Okay, Lucas. You should be back your violent yeah. tendencies or something is the language yeah. around it. It's like, oh, yeah. yeah. That's bad. Yeah. Was, actually, in that scene where AJ's talking to Deb, I kind of found AJ a bit annoying because he was like, he like was demanding an explanation for why she didn't yeah. stop. And Lucas was like, she's fine. And then he kissed her on the head and then pushed yeah. AJ out of her way, which I thought was nice. A nice Lucas bit. Yeah, yeah but, that is a yeah. nice Lucas bit. I, yeah. yeah, and I suppose it shows two reactions to it, but mm. it's, they didn't immediately. And I think there was, you know, when Renee Zaga was like Sinead o, o Rebel or whatever, that maybe is making light of it a little bit. But I think the guys in particular didn't. Like when yeah. she shaved her head, it wasn't like, oh my God, what the fuck are you doing? Mm. Kind of thing. Yeah. It was like, oh, something's. They were concerned yeah. for her, yeah. definitely. Yeah. yeah. Which was nice to yeah. see in a movie of its time. Mm. 
I also I liked how everybody had heard about what Lucas had done as they come in. It's yeah. like word yeah. spread outside of the yeah. film, yeah. and everybody or they, knows they figured it out from finding Lucas outside on his motorbike. Yeah, because in the first kind of ten minutes where Lucas takes the money, goes to Atlantic City, like it happens. It's the first scene. Yeah, and he rolls the dice and he does double his money. You're kind of like, am I watching a film where someone has this supernatural lucky power? And <laughs> we're gonna watch this person's day unfold and yeah. how he uses mm. his powers. And then he loses it all, and you're like, oh no, not this movie. <laughs> yeah, this, no, this is not, not the movie. That he's movie. in Trump Plaza as yeah, well, yeah. which is uh, unusual now. But there's like two good shots of the Trump brand there, so yeah. they must have financed the film. Yeah. The film. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So all those kind of little things are very funny. Um, anything else? Oh, I want my very the bit that made me laugh the hardest in the film was when Warren's getting they're taking Polaroids of Warren with the CDs that he stole yes. and they're just doing like different poses and then Rex Manning steps in for like four shots with him yeah. to pose with him I yeah. completely forgot about that it got me, got me totally by surprise yeah. and that very yeah. rare that. or the, the when the uh, the lady goes up and sings the oh, yeah. more more yeah, the yeah. operatic <laughs> style as well and it's like Oh, she's still going. Okay, <laughs> this is like this is this is like. There's some really funny little quips in it as well. Yeah. Like even mm-hmm. when Rex goes up, he's like, "I don't like the chair. It, I just I don't like the yeah. chair. Just move the chair." It's just these like small little moments yeah. where they're actually they do they kind of encompass the character really really well. Like Rex is obviously a dickhead diva kind of yeah. guy. Yeah, um, and then the the other owner coming in as well, being like, "Where's the champagne and the fruit basket?" Oh yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. He's kind of the major antagonist in the film, but only turns up in the last ten minutes. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like there's there's no real consequences of anyone's actions. No, throughout no, the not film. at all. Like no. even when he comes in back into the store, it's like he hasn't realized there was a bag. The bag was full of paper because yeah. then Joe was like, "The bag was full of paper." <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like presumably he's coming back to yeah, confront to be, you, yeah. about and you're giving him a large plastic jar of crumpled up money. Yeah, like, yeah. Surely but he has, you know, it's like, oh my god, it's like, why do I feel like I'm getting screwed over? They're like, because you are. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was something I was gonna say about what, oh yeah, Mark. There's a there's a scene that I when I rewatched it, I was like, oh, that's a little bit creepy. Where the girl is dancing with mm-hmm. the headphones on, and he's kind of like around her and like going in to kiss her and stuff, and she has her eyes closed, and it's like. Okay, that's but then he just looks a little bit weird. <laughs> like like yeah. the whole thing is very strange. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's good. It's like yeah, it's, it's so many strange little bits. Yeah, but that. it's definitely worth a worth a watch. It was a perfect Saturday morning, rainy outside. Watch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish there had been a series of it. Yeah, yeah. Like it's like yeah. say about because you California would get Dreams interested in those characters. Oh like yeah, you would totally invest it kind, in those characters. Yeah, it would be like a great mashup of like Saved by the Bell and California Dreams. Mm. It's got the music. It's got the yeah. kind of or what were the um, you know, is it that eighties show where it was they were actually they worked in a music record or a video store, and a lot of it is set there. Oh, I never watched the eighties mm. show. I feel like it's that yeah. 80s show. Yeah. yeah. It's the same kind of premise where everyone's gathered around this um, this this workspace. Where oh, music shop's yeah. a perfect place for a, a, se- a series. It's weird that more places don't do it because you have people coming in and out. Yeah. And you have like guest stars and it's just... And you've different, like, you know, it's like different, you know, different people who are into like really different types of music. The, you know, it lends very well to like 
being able to have so many different personalities yeah. mm. in the one space. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a music shop, like music is so divisive, you know, yeah. that there's like, you know, you, everybody just has their own kind of little worlds that they live in. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if they had kind of connected each character to a genre of music it would have explained why they were why they were together yeah. but they just yeah. didn't maybe no. they did that in the cutscenes no. but yeah. it was like there was one person who was passionate about music and the rest just needed a job yeah they don't, they don't really <laughs> yeah. talk about music at all no no um, apparently there was a load of like actual like kind of like high fidelity style music chat in the original script but just it all got cut out there's one mm. scene in the end during the credits have you, have you seen that yes where they're sitting outside we're sitting outside talking yeah. about the pixies and their solo yeah. careers and stuff I think there was yeah. a lot more of that in the film originally yeah. which would have been would have helped I would say yeah but, I think I would have yeah. enjoyed that because I, I remember the, the last scene like the conversation between the two of them it's mm. great like yeah. you know because it's just like a natural conversation that they're having just sitting outside yeah. you know about music yeah because the film is set in a record story you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, maybe we would have liked to see more of yeah. that yeah. it's kind of they do that well I suppose in Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist where there's discussion around music is so much part of the story as mm. well and they yeah. kind of explain why certain songs have been in I think that's a good idea where a good example where a soundtrack really leads the film mm. yeah yeah, yeah it's, this is this is not that film. <laughs> <laughs> it's what it is, is it's one of the best examples of the put 16 inches in a place they can't get out of film. Yeah. And just yeah. see what happens. Yeah, it's very. Which is like Breakfast Club. It's like, um, what else? Or um, a situation. Things they hate about see, you were they. They're all stuck in the situation yeah. where they need to figure They're it out. They're all reliant yeah. on each other. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think they do. Obviously, there is a lot of, um, I suppose, inspiration probably drawn from the Breakfast Club in this. I would say so. Yeah. yeah, but the breakfast club is just yeah. a different. That I suppose they are totally opposite characters, and well, there was only four yeah. types of people in the eighties, and they had seven types of people by nineteen ninety five. So they obviously had to expand it. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, yeah, yeah. The goth and the popular kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. Uh, promote some stuff, please. Promote Eve. some stuff. Yeah. Oh God. Um, we ham sandwich are doing a whole load of gigs over from the 23rd of november we have gigs every weekend so you can find out the dates and the venues because i am terrible at remembering stuff on our website and our facebook and stuff like that ham sandwich um and yeah we'll be doing two shows in dublin and Whelan's 13th and 14th of december and I'll hopefully be doing the mixtape again on New Year's Eve this year, which is always a good shout. And uh, yeah, that's really it. Cool. Hopefully some new music coming soon. Very exciting. Enough. <laughs> Very cool. Cassie, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me here in the studio most <laughs> of the time at Tall Tales Podcasts. And on the Creep Dive. And on the Creep Dive. Yeah. At the Creep Dive. Yeah. Uh, I'm at Alan underscore McGuire. Juvenalia is Juvenalia underscore pod most places. Uh, thanks to Steve McDonald for our artwork. Thank you to Neve for coming you. in. Thank you to Cassie for co-hosting um, and for producing the episode afterwards. Um, and we have a Patreon and there's stuff on there. There'll be bonus episodes and stuff. So we'll see you soon. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.